This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6. Hi, I'm Claire. I enjoy all types of active physical pursuits, and I am considering getting into obstacle course racing next. I'm currently reading Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. And if you were to have asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up, when I was a kid, I would have said the first woman in the NBA. Hi, I'm Jessie. I have a love-hate relationship with running. I recently discovered dessert hummus and the brownie batter is my new obsession. And I think I sweat more than the average human. Hi, I'm Janelle. I'm a Mario Kart champion. I've been celebrating my birthday for the past three weeks straight, and I'm currently into stand-up paddleboarding. Hi, I'm Rachel. I love running up mountains. I'm currently reading The Giza Power Plant by Christopher Dunn, and I'm going to attempt to wax my own vagina. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it! (laughs) Yes! Nice. <laughs> you're like, mine aren't the best. That took the, that took the win. I don't know if I can say that one, but I said it. Well, there's still time to edit it out. You let me know, Rachel. Okay. Although, I'm going to lean towards not. <laughs> Very I'm top of mind. I'm trying to save money. Oh. I got like a $75... You know, just $75 for just like a regular wax, not a full-on Brazilian. That's actually really, really expensive. Dude, yeah. right? I was like, oh, my God. And then <clears throat> and so then I was like, well, that's not going to happen for a while. And so Can you then, go to someone else? What's that? Can you go to someone else or is that Probably. like the going rate? I don't know. I just – I was like mm-hmm. – I was going to this one lady and her prices were good. Maybe they, they jumped. But anyways, I was like, well – it takes a really long time for it to grow back, you know, and so, but it's still like I can't just run around with my bikini swimsuit on. Um, yeah. And pool culture here is a legit thing. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just go get the Sally, Sally May. What are those Sally? No, Sally May is a loan company. Um, Sally Hansen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sally just Hansen. Just get a loan to finance your bikini <laughs> Yeah. Here. But my friend said she does it. She just drinks a a bottle she probably does drink a bottle of wine she drinks a glass of wine and then just goes like okay here it goes and so oh. I'm like I'm gonna try that huh anyways I tried that once in college and it didn't end well yeah well same. but you you were starting from scratch though right yeah I mean I had never got a real wax before what? So. Oh, fuck well in college I didn't dude no one told me about these things dude I did it in high school yeah no I, like, I wondered when I got out of college, I was like, how does everyone have beautiful lashes, great brows, why why is life so hard? And then I realized that everyone was, like, paying people to do things, and I was just, had no idea what I was doing. I think I'm surprised with your pageants that somebody didn't, like... I know, I agree. Like, make you do it or something. That's the first know. time I did it. It was actually for, like, well, it took, like, it was, like, a year or two into pageantry that uh, I finally got a bikini wax for the first time, and it was for a pageant, Yep. But, like, my first round of pageants, I mean, I clearly didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> That's so funny. No bikini wax. I was just really 
Yeah. Hoping everything went well. Well, I mean, you know how, like, <laughs> afterwards, it's, the hair is a lot thinner? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, like, I'm at that place where it's, like, there's, it's not to, like, fully describe what's happening, but I feel like it'd be easier for me to do it on myself right now to, like, maintain. So we're going to give it a try. Yeah, you can try it. We're going to see what happens. Did I, I'm going to go way off topic at this point, just, well, <laughs> at least the intro, it's going to be on topic, but I don't know if I told you guys this story at my last job, I had to do a demo of an app. I think Rachel's heard this one, but it's of the MindBody app. And I was doing it for a room of executives that like some were on site, some were all these offsite executives coming in. And I realized luckily in advance that I was going to demo the consumer facing app, which is the one I used to book like all of my appointments and all my fitness classes and whatever. And that day, I think I was doing this demo at like one o'clock and after work that day, I had a full on Brazilian wax scheduled <laughs> in my app and I, I had to call the place and be like, Hey, I still want to get my appointment, but can you actually cancel my reservation for my account? Because there's no way that you can hide that. And I would have just been like, here's the consumer app. As you can see, this <laughs> afternoon, I'm eating my JJ wax. <laughs> of a room full of dudes so yeah they're like um sure like the mic was really nice about it but I was like just like put it under a test account just I need it off my app yeah <laughs> I was like could you just imagine just being in front of like 10 executives at your job and being like in case you're wondering the status of my vagina <laughs> I secretly really wanted that to happen though <laughs> Rachel's like this would have been such a better story if yeah. it actually happened I know. What would you have done? Pretend it wasn't up there? Oh, no. I would have just You would have rolled with like, it. Oh, I told her. I've been like, as you can see, some of the services that our customers <laughs> offer include Brazilian waxes. And I think the best part, too, is the place I go. It's like Brazilian wax. And then they also add on, like, tooth strip wax. Tooth? Tooth strip? Like, douche, like your booty. Oh, tooth. Oh. Tooth. Oh. Tooth. Oh. <laughs> like, what does my lady yes. call it? I can't remember. Here are some of the services. <laughs> what a crazy what my, job. What a crazy job. My what? friend is opening um, a new spa. Um, and one of the services she's offering is called the Pretty Kitty. <laughs> and so good. As you can imagine, um, there's obviously the waxing involved. And then there's some sort of like steaming process. And then. Ooh. They put like a jelly mask on it. Whoa! <laughs> I, I want the pretty kitty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I that's so interesting. I'm like, can you? I mean, the waxing obviously you can see a difference in the before and after. But do you think like, can you tell a difference? In what? The steaming and know. the gel. Yeah. <clears throat> Probably. I think it helps with ingrown hairs. Yeah, like I think it just helps too. keep. Uh, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, I one... love a girl who got her butthole laser removed. What? Really you mean the hair? <laughs> her butthole <laughs> laser she said removed. It was like a bunch of little bee stings. <laughs> I, most of my friends have had the laser hair removal. <clears throat> Excuse me. As the instant so that they don't have to do waxing and shaving anymore. Yeah, I had that done. You did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I want to do that. 
Yeah, yeah not, it's expensive, but I think it's worth it. And like the place I go, they'll bundle it like you get all these different areas done and it's cheaper. I mean, really, it's more expensive. But Does it last? Yeah. It does. You have to go back and then you might have to go back like a year or two later to just like have it spot done. But yeah, it lasts. They can only they can only do it on dark hair, though. You can't do it on blonde hair okay. or red hair. And you can't be tan, which I don't really That's have to worry fine. about. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. White. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's worth it. I did my had my armpits done. That's Ooh. really not. Yeah, that's smart. Wait, Rachel, talking... maybe that's your solution. I know. Are you are you talking about like un- over or under a thousand dollars, all in? Probably around. Okay. For one area. That's manageable. Probably... Oh, for one area. Oh. Jeez. Okay, so I could either, I could have a. I think I would just. I don't care about the pits. I think I would just clean up my bikini line, because it's so obnoxious. In the summer. Yeah, it's out of control. It is ridiculously obnoxious. And then people will be like, hey, come to the pool in two seconds. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> guess I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> yeah, you probably might want to have a denim walk if you do it. It's probably going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I might yeah. need uh, your contact. Yeah. Sweet. I'm excited about this. Um, so we're excited today. It's going to be a a little bit of a different episode. Uh, we're bringing in two guests. Uh, originally we were going to have a third, but she wasn't able to make it. So she's going to come back on later, but we have Jesse, uh, and Claire from our Ragnar team. And so we just got back from Snowmass Ragnar and we're going to recap that and then just have a little conversation with these amazing ladies that, uh, we all used to be together in Milwaukee and are kind of across the country now. And so we're going to catch up and just talk about life as 30-somethings in the 21st century. So welcome, you guys. Thank Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, welcome. (laughs) It's so good to have you guys here. Um, So let's talk about Ragnar. Um, So for those listeners who maybe haven't heard us talk about it before, We have a team of eight people that do Ragnar Trail Relays uh, once a year. And so we go to different places across the country. Last year we went to Zion in Utah, and this year we went to Snowmass in Colorado. So I'd love to just hear from you guys about, you know, what what did you like? What did you love? What do you miss? What are you glad that we (laughs) – you don't have to do being there anymore? Just (laughs) what was your takeaway from Ragnar this year? Um, well, it, I, for me, it was a really great experience this year, um, to stay with you guys the whole time, um, to, to, you know, stay in the same condo with you guys versus how I did it at Zion where I was, you know, Kurt was there. So we were kind of separate. So I really, really enjoyed staying in the house with you guys. And I feel like that I, I feel a lot closer to everybody having done that. So that was pretty huge to me. Um, as far as the race goes, I was a little bit frustrated by how much road portions were involved for a trail race. Um, I really, you know, it it didn't take too much away of the experience for me, but I, I do prefer a trail race to be, you know, nearly a hundred percent on trails. So that's really the only, uh, frustrating Apart for me, I mean, that elevation was gnarly, but what can you do about it? It, it was a really good challenge, and, you know, I 
feel super accomplished as I'm sure we all do from having just you know made it through that so yeah I it definitely felt better having you on at the camp it it felt I don't know if you could feel a difference Jesse but it was just like I think last year having you guys leave and come back was like sad to me (laughs) and so I really loved having everybody just there the whole time um I loved the elevation I know. I did too. I, I did loved too. it. Oh. <laughs> I just, I'm like, give me the highest mountain. I would have just, yes, less oxygen. <laughs> Although I am watching, have you guys, um, the Will Smith show on Netflix, Our Strange Rock, One Strange Rock. Have you guys watched that or heard of it? No. No. It, I'm only on like halfway through the first episode, but he's talking about how oxygen is like, what makes this earth so unique and without it we like you really nothing can survive without it and so it's funny that i'm like give me less oxygen (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah i i agree with you the road portions of the i didn't i i actually preferred zion over snowmass but i did really like the elevation at snowmass so i don't know jesse what about you yeah, I mean, despite being really sick, Janelle yeah. and I had really bad colds, so that definitely added a new challenge. And once again, I didn't train like with Zion, <laughs> no training. Um, so that that made it pretty tough. But um, overall, it was super fun. And really, the Ragnars are about you buttholes. Uh, <laughs> team local <laughs> aka team butthole so that's that's really what like what keeps bringing me back to them it's kind of like the running is just a little extra it's about hanging out and establishing you know getting those inside jokes and just spending time with each other and having fun and laughing that's really what it's all about for me and yeah the the scenery was beautiful at Snowmass. i really really like that i do think i liked zion better as well but the camping setup was pretty sweet at snowmass as well and it, i really liked how easy it was to get in and out and we were our condo was so close so yeah it was just super fun overall yeah you know, I guess, year. i know me too i guess there's like positives and negatives to both but i feel like because last year was my first one it was so just like oh my god this is the most amazing thing ever that mm-hmm. maybe that's why it just is imprinted on me as like it just felt so amazing. Um, but yeah, I love Ragnars. And for those of you who are listening who have never done a Ragnar, it's a an eight-person relay, and you can do road or trail. And our team – well, I guess, Jesse, you've done road before, right? Yeah, I've done um, five road. Holy crap. I didn't know well, that. Well, three of, three of them were the same one. Okay. But five but total, still. yeah. Yeah, so you can do road or trail. Our team has done trail. Um, most of the team has done three, right? Because you, you guys all did Northwoods. Right. Janelle and I, yeah, Jesse, Janelle, and I all did Northwoods yeah, before yeah. you joined. Yeah. Um, but you basically, over like a 24-hour period, there's three different loops, and everybody runs each loop, and it's consecutive. So everybody's running at one time, all through the night, up till whenever the race completes. 
Um, so I highly recommend it. It's in all, all, all sorts of cities and places across the country, and they're starting to expand internationally too. So I think we're going to just keep doing it every year. So if you go, maybe you'll run into us. Um, and then we'll probably, I think we'll probably do an international one. Don't you guys think? Oh yeah. Canada. Definitely. Uh, Yeah. So we just started, um, as we've been trying to figure out where we're going to go next, Canada came into the mix. I was kind of hoping for Ontario, but I also didn't vote. So (laughs) I don't, I can't say anything. (laughs) Well, you're the democracy here. (laughs) I was like, I will not vote Zach. (laughs) I know. I'm pretty sure he was very frustrated with me, but that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it worked. What's that? I said it worked out. Yeah, I'm really excited. Going to West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. how do you feel about that, Janelle? I know it wasn't <laughs> your top four, but. Right. Um, I'm just wondering how we're going to get there and how expensive it's going to be to get there, but uh... we'll figure it out. It's a ten-hour drive from Wisconsin, from Milwaukee. No way, so really, oh, easy yeah. for you guys. Yeah, Wait, that's pretty how sweet. That, how is it a ten-hour drive? I don't know. I I mapped it right to the campsite. It was like ten hours, fifteen minutes. So holy wow. crap, that's so cool. Yeah. I wonder how yeah. long the drive it is from Dallas. I'm googling it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for no elevation, or it's, it's got to be pretty low there. Is I love it? elevation. And it's got, I mean, well, I guess it is Appalachian Mountains, but not big hills. I'm, I'm looking, I'm excited for the technical piece. I'm yeah, scared. That's of that. one of the reasons I voted for it. I'm scared, but I'm also excited. I know. You're like, you're saying all the things I hate. I'm like, I want elevation. <laughs> I don't want technical. But it's I like. That... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's good to just like have a variety and change it yeah. up. Well, it, it is. I mean, Zach scared the crap out of me, though. He's like, you're going to freaking twist your ankle. I was like, oh, okay. I have the same feelings on technical courses. Is it just that it's slippery or what? No, lots of roots and rocks. <laughs> Claire, <laughs> you know, give her the roots and rocks. No, it's going to suck. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I just, like, when we did Northwoods, because Northwoods was pretty much the only technical trail we did, um, and, yeah, I was just, just, like, kicking things the entire time, just, like, kicking rocks. You gotta high-step it. <laughs> um, I, you need to get your box jumps in, Janelle. Yeah. yeah. I was like, come on, it's easy, just balance and high-step. <laughs> it's so funny, because, yeah, Claire, didn't you fall in some of the technical parts in Snowmass? Or did you not fall? I wiped out, um, yeah, I mean. It, but was it no, mud? I, I, I wouldn't call the area, I mean, <laughs> this doesn't flatter me at all, but like <laughs> the area that I wiped out in was in no way technical. Uh, it, was, okay. <laughs> it was just a, I don't know what happened. And then I was like, face down on the floor so Dude, was, um, was it a mud was it a mud area or not not even that oh, no okay. <laughs> just dry and flat and i fell yep uh, uh you it were happened. so mad dude i think my toe caught a rock but yeah. it wasn't like a, a rock that i it could have easily been avoided i think yeah, i just yeah, wasn't yeah. paying close enough attention yeah 
Well, you ran that extra loop the night before, so you, mm-hmm. you're you a super champ. decision. Super <laughs> champ is what I call that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tyler's like, oh, come on, do it. Do it with us. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Did you see at Appalachians they have something called the Black Loop? No, what's that? We were talking about <laughs> The Black Loop, they have them at like a couple different um, locations, and it's where two people, and I hope I'm not stealing your thunder, Claire, two people run all of the loops together. So it's not alternating. Like, you just do them all, and then you run the next day, and you run, like, 30 miles or something on a completely different Why would you do that? Well, you end up running 30 miles total. So you run the the three loops together the day prior, which totals, like, 14 or 15 miles, and then the next day you run, like, a – 17 mile like super challenging just absurd (laughs) Uh, like sort of course that they lay out for you and it just sounds daunting I mean just really hard is it like you you know that I think Jesse you told me about it there's a documentary on Netflix about this race in oh my god I think it starts with a b is this ringing the The bar yes is it like that uh uh, no it's not where you like might die but I don't think, so the Barclays is, like, they do, and Jesse, you probably know even more more than me, but they, like, leave leave clues around, and you have to, like, find something to know where to run next, or is that, am I describing that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's, and, like, the entry fee is, like, you have to bring a flannel for the guy who runs the race. Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, underwear. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you should watch the documentary. It's really wild. I think I would like to do the Black Loop, but I don't think I would be, ready for it anyway. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, ooh, I kinda want to I know. Claire <laughs> I feel like I always want to and then I realized that my body just would never do that. Like I'm like, yeah, cool. Sounds like a great time. And then I'm like, but you actually no. No. But you know, don't well, you want to do- for us here, I'd actually I'd be able to train properly because it wouldn't be winter and spring training. We'll have all summer yeah. to get ready for it, but I don't, I don't know. Is it at the end of summer, Appalachians? Yeah. It's in August. Oh. I Jan- know that. Janelle, don't you want to do obstacle racing? I know. I do. So whoever said that, was it Claire? You said oh, that? Me, yeah. Head? I'm obsessed with it. I want to do it really bad. Well, did you see what you probably didn't see it? Yesterday, um, one of my friends out here took me to a high ropes course for my birthday. Oh. And it was a little bit different than it all obstacle course but I mean kind of like I felt like I was on the challenge that MTV show where they're always up in the air and like swinging from things and it was pretty fun except oh, for cool. not actually good at that sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> well shoot I know right I'm like yeah I want to do that but I'm not actually very good at it <laughs> <laughs> well not yet but if you, tra- if you start That's doing true. it regularly yeah that is I, I'm sure I could get better but yeah, yeah. You've got the upper body strength yeah. and probably the grip strength for it. I mean, you're probably way ahead of me as far as that goes. I have no grip strength. Yeah, there was, um, <laughs> there was an obstacle that we were on yesterday, and it's kind of hard to describe, but you're essentially walking on a tightrope, and you have another rope that you can hold onto, but it's like it's right over the tightrope. So like it doesn't help to just like stand up and try to hold onto it with your hands. You're... What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to, like, push into it and lean all of your weight onto the top rope, and then it's almost like you're walking sideways in a plank, 
with like one wow. hand on this rope and one hand, like and your feet on the wire. But we did not know that. And we did the complete opposite. We were like leaning backwards. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really wish it would be on the camera somewhere. Like, but I'm just like leaning backwards, like crouched in a squat. And I'm like, thank goodness I have upper body strength right now because otherwise it was exhausting. You're tethered <laughs> so though, like, right? Yeah, you are. You're attached to things. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, you would just like, you'd probably like hit something. And we eventually fell on, we went like to the, the top, the highest, hardest course. And we both fell on that and it was fine. But um, yeah, you just like fall off and you're in a harness and it's kind of like rock climbing. Um, but we just look ridiculous. And I was like, literally, this looks so, just, I'm so glad that I, I have like grip strength because I was just like, yeah. I ended up sitting down on the wire and I'm just like, I'm just going to sit here for a second. <laughs> how, do like, you get, but, how do you get stronger grip strength? Um, yeah, I mean, you can do it just by lifting heavy things. Like if you're deadlifting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like is grip strength, pull-ups. You can buy little, I don't even know what they're called, but like they're almost like crushers. Like a hangboard. yeah. And you like, it has just different grips and then you just hang from it and you just like stick two fingers in the holes and hang from your fingers oh. and then hang. It has yeah. a bunch of different grips on it and you just hang from it and work on Crazy. your, yeah. I'm terrible at that though. Like I like to think I have good grip strength, but I don't think it comes from my fingers because I've done those hang boards and I can hang for three seconds and I fall. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, see, you're probably pretty good at that, right? Because you guys have been rock climbing a lot. Well, I haven't gone too much recently, but yeah, did any of your dads have those, um, it's like two pieces of plastic and yeah. there's a coil I know exactly between it. Yeah, about. remember those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my, my dad gave me one of his, and so I have it in my car, and so when I'll be driving, I'll do like 12 <sighs> reps. That's cool. Each yeah, yeah. So like Janelle said, they make, you know, for climbing or whatever, they make little devices and they actually have them where you can do it with each finger press down. Mm. So you can really work on the, on the pinky. Um, yeah. That pinky strength. Gotta get those pinky curls in it. I mean, yeah. do your hands look muscular when you do these things? What's that? Like how does your hands shape change or does it not? Uh, I guess I haven't done it enough to really know. I think you'd have to do be doing this for like a yeah. lot. For like years to Google get it. like really meaty fingers, <laughs> so and I think your, your forearms are gonna be yeah. the one that's gonna be yeah more forearms you'd see yeah. yeah. Have you guys watched that documentary Free Solo on Hulu? Yes. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I haven't. I need to get up to date. Watch it. Dude, I was like it. shitting my pants the other night. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it, yeah, that guy is nuts. And then at the end, they're like, what are you going to do now? He's like, oh, I'm going to go hangboard and do pull-ups. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm trying to Google muscular changes with grip strength, but it's not giving me anything. Shocking. <laughs> Show me the hands. It's just giving me all these metrics. Boring. <laughs> uh, Janelle, what was your take on this year's Ragnar? Um, I liked it. I, like Jesse said, being sick, it was definitely harder than I wanted it to be. I didn't like that there was road. Like I'd 
I want to just be on the trail, but it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful sights. To yeah. Be seen. There's I... always. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's always fun, but I'm just sad that I had to like sleep through half of it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that I met there who it was like their fifth time. Like, it seems like snowmass is a repeat for a lot of people. It might be oh. maybe for locals or something. Yeah, right. Right. Which would be pretty sweet. Well, what were what were your guys' highs and lows? Um, I mean, I think again for me, it was really connecting with everybody on a deeper level. I mean, for me, after this last trip, you guys really feel like family, uh, which is really a huge thing. To, to be able to connect with people like that because I know it's a topic I think you guys intend on getting into later but it's really hard as an adult to create those s- sort of relationships and maintain and keep them and so for me this year I mean the athletics of the event aside that was a huge deal for me um, and I guess a, a low for me personally was I didn't I really 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 intended to train really hard for this one and I just didn't I I mean I ran here and there I treadmill ran but I didn't really put the time and effort into the the training uh, that I wanted to um, to perform at my best and so you know just something to work on for next time yeah totally still crushed it though yeah I know we all did but yeah thanks (laughs) I think you it guys was, did sick, especially. Oh my god! I know, right? I think it was those uh, those shots of cherry, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, those will fix you right up. That yeah. just was. I was like, gave me a lifetime supply, brother. Uh huh. It's true. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, go for me. Yeah, for me. I mean, similar. It's just like always being able to hang out with people. I agree with you, Claire. Like. There's something about the Ragnar experience that it's almost like being back in college. Like, you don't ever get a lot of opportunities when you're a true, quote-unquote, adult um, just to, like, hang out with people and kind of do nothing and not, like, you're just like, we're just going to sit around even afterwards in a cabin and have no plans necessarily and just hang out and less technology. And it's just, like, a fun opportunity to connect with people and... Mm-hmm an opportunity that I, I mean, I personally don't get a ton, um, or if like ever, I feel like only at Ragnar, <laughs> um, to just like connect with people. Lowe's obviously just being sick. It's like easy picking. <laughs> yeah. I think my high was, I just love running at the highest point at night. I mean, like I said in my intro, it's just like, I don't know. There's like nothing else. It's you and like the sky, you and the mountains, you and I just, I don't know. Every single year running the red loop at night is, I just, I guess any of it at night, but really being able to go up to the highest peak was, it's just breathtaking. Like there was this moment where I swear, I was just like, it was me and the stars and I could see so many stars and it was just, it was it was amazing. Uh, so I'd say that was like my high moment. And then my low moment was probably realizing that I love, I am such an extrovert. Like I love people, but I also 
I think I'm actually more of an, I think they call it an ambervert, not to mm-hmm. classify myself, but, um, but I needed alone time. And I realize now looking back that, um, I have to, I want to be better at finding moments where I can kind of be by myself, not just on the track, but just like to take in what I'm experiencing and to process, um, so that I can, I got really like overwhelmed, uh, a few times during it just by the, the stimulation of people and things. And, um, and so I realized that in order for me to fully enjoy an experience, I have to be able to have some time to myself to like process and come back. So that was a, an interesting thing that I didn't expect to happen. Um, so I guess maybe not a low, but through the low or through the low, I kind of learned something so that it didn't have to feel like I was tanked at the end of it and was trying to like fight it. And I think mm-hmm. I was getting really emotional. And then I was like, oh, you just needed some space, sister. Um, and so now I know that for, for future races. So yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's really valuable to yeah, something to learn about yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, it is. It is a lot. We're together, eight of us together. We were together for you know five days <laughs> in close quarters, and our condo was pretty tight. So yeah, yeah, it is. It is a lot. Yeah, sure. I'm. I'm for sure an empath too, and so I think I didn't do a very good job of like. I think I, if I'm not careful, I can take on everyone's emotions and so um it's just everybody's getting worn down and instead of really having a strong boundary for myself I kind of just was like rolling with it like we all good and then all of a sudden I was like I'm not good (laughs) yeah and so um so yeah that was a really important thing for me to 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 experience for myself yeah Jesse how is that for you because I know we had you on the podcast in in season one you talked about you know the power of being an introvert and so being locked in a cabin with us for five days (laughs) how how does that work for you or how did it feel yeah well I think because Tyler and I had that room I think that that helped a lot we were fortunate enough to have the one room um, to ourselves and so I think I was you know that was my alone time and my time to decompress. Um, so I was, you know, felt really fortunate to have that. But yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely can be a lot. And I think one of the ways maybe I, I cope with being around so many people is I'll just kind of shut down, not shut down, but I'll become really quiet and I just won't engage or participate in conversations. And that's probably my way of, of detaching a bit and giving myself some alone time but while still actually physically being around other people. You also were on medicine too. So that might've helped as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. I'm definitely calling not in the small loft of any Airbnb. Yeah. I don't think I can smack my head like that. Oh my God. I just, I mean, maybe you're, I think that you, that's a good point, Jesse. Like I was just like, I had zero privacy whatsoever (laughs) and then my privacy was to crawl up on my hands and knees into like a little lofted space (laughs) right yeah Uh, as a combination chair for for, uh hotel and lodging I'm taking notes right now yeah exactly (laughs) 
<laughs> for me, I think it, it's a really healthy experience because I, and I know, I think I maybe talked about this with each of you individually, but I am, I'm like a super introvert. I, um, I'll get bursts where I feel like be, be like there's an extroverted part of my personality that's buried very deep and it surfaces only very occasionally. And then I like need to get, get something out of my system where I go like socialize and spend time with people. But for the majority of my like day-to-day life, I don't require all that much social interaction. So I really look forward to the Ragnars too, because it, it gets it forces me out of my day-to-day my comfort zone a lot and I think that's really healthy for me um to allow myself to I or to let people get to know me on a deeper level because I'm pretty reserved and typically very private and um so like kind of like what Rachel's saying at the end of it I was very exhausted um just emotionally kind of, but not in a bad way. I, I think I want to make that clear, like in a, in a healthy way. Like I, I definitely got my fill and it, and it just felt really good, but I was ready to, to come home. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Oh. I even like, I consider myself like similar to you, Rachel. Like, I think I'm like on the cusp, like I probably present more extroverted yeah me too but and I can do it for most of the day and then especially I'm that kind of person like at night I think you hit like 7 p.m and I'm like no one talked to me unless it's you know you're out like socializing but especially during the week like be here I'm like nope it's after seven o'clock I need to be alone (laughs) (laughs) um but like same you know it, it is good to like push yourself but it is a good reminder too of just like knowing your limits knowing your boundaries and and knowing how to recharge and when to recharge. And even if you are more extroverted, it like, it speaks to the speaks volumes to just like needing alone time too. Yeah. But, and I think we get so much alone time with just how like we live now. I don't know. So I, I also think we're just like not used to it. Cause how often are you sharing a room like if ever I don't think like a lot of us I don't know about you guys but like I didn't have to share a room growing up like I haven't you know sharing space is something I avoid in my adult life so you're also just not used to it Mm -hmm. have you guys heard um I've been reading that I don't know therapists and things like that are actually encouraging couples to have their own rooms so that my life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you can choose when you want to spend the night together. So it's not like your default isn't that we have to always be together because sometimes energetically you're off from the other person. And when you sleep, you, there's a lot of energetic exchanges that happens. And sometimes like one might not be able to sleep because the other one is whatever, whatever. And so I don't know. I just heard about that like a month ago. And I was like, that's really interesting. I don't, I don't know. If I would do that, but maybe I would. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that would be my ideal life. I, well, you can do it, Janelle. You're on trend. I know. I'm like <laughs> such a brat. I'm like, no, it's sleeping time. Like that's the one thing. Like I can go with the flow for a lot of things. My sleep, like you do not mess with my sleep. That's I'm how, like, no. That's how Dylan is. Like, 
oh yeah, I can't, like, I love sleeping alone. I'm like, no, I just sleep so much better. No one wakes me up. Like <laughs> every once in a while, it's like, yeah, it's great. We can like cut on sleep. But most of the time I'm like, no, it's my bedtime. I got my whoop strap. It tells me when I need to go to bed. I got to like reach for the, I like, no, mm-mm. like you can go sleep somewhere else or I'll sleep somewhere else. I don't care, but do not wake me up. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. I, I'm the same way, especially is so, I mean, this is, been a while now since I was doing the early mornings at Spire but um if I if my sleep would get like if I had to be up at 3 30 in the morning and my sleep would get disrupted I would absolutely just lose it I mean just full-on meltdown just I mean not able to fall back asleep so I'd be like up pacing it just like it's a little bit better now not having to get up so early um so if my sleep gets disrupted I don't get as bent out of shape but it's still not you I mean you really don't want to deal with me in that (laughs) I'm the same way I'm the same way Claire in my family my aunt it like runs on the Bilotti side apparently and my brother does the same thing and my aunt one time her husband tried to wake her up and when she was like not ready it was like not time (laughs) to be woken up and she bit him oh (laughs) and and she it drew blood so her nickname is Sharky in our family that's amazing Um, i would totally do that to someone she's like the sweetest person too yeah sleep is very important yeah i wonder though if the part like if one person wants to sleep alone and the other one doesn't if there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings there because i i the idea of having your own room in your own bed sounds pretty nice but i could see where it could potentially be a problem yeah. Or like, it's an, or I mean, yes. And that could also be an invitation for a conversation, you know? Yes. And so I yeah. think it depends on, yeah. 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 I think you set the expectations up front because yeah. I've kind of been like, I know who I am in that sense. And like, I'll tell people right away, like, I need my space. Like, I will ask you to leave me alone. Like, and I, I mean, Bijan and I have conversations like that all the time. And it is hard because I don't want to hurt his feelings, but like historically especially since we moved in together I've been working at a company where I see people all day like I was in the classroom all day and he was home working remote by himself and so that like energetic mismatch sort of of him being like yay another human and me being like I'm finally away from humans (laughs) Um, and like having to set up those expectations and have like a lot of conversations just around like hey this doesn't actually have anything to do with you but this is me like I need to recharge and yeah, as long as you have a conversation about it, like it, I think it can be hard, but at least they know where you're coming from and you're like, Hey, this doesn't actually have anything to do with you. It's just about me and my ability to like cope with stimulation. I think you're exactly right. Just the, just the honesty, you just have to just be like, I mean, once you get comfortable enough with each other, you can I feel like figure each other out that way. And like Kurt knows when I'm not like emotionally available. And and I, so we, we, we've lived together long enough where we just kind of know when the other person needs to not be engaged. I would love though to kind of go back to Claire, you were, you brought it up, but like making friends as an adult, Rachel and I have talked about this and it's one of my favorite topics to talk about because I feel like people don't talk about it that much but yet everyone maybe not everyone but a lot of people feel like a lack of 
maybe connection or like they move to a new place and then they're like, how do people make friends or, you know, relationships change and all of a sudden you find that you have maybe a smaller friend group. So I would love to just like have a conversation between the four of us and talk about like what struggles you've had with making friends as an adult or like where you've actually been successful. Um, because I think it's something that just like isn't talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I moved to L.A. in 2010. I was in a relationship that brought me out there and I didn't know any. Well, I, I knew a couple of people from Milwaukee who had moved out there, but we weren't very close. And so <clears throat> essentially I, I needed to find some friends and I unfortunately didn't. I didn't do that. And I became close with a couple of coworkers, but they both had their lives and we didn't necessarily have many of the same interests. And so I didn't establish any, any friends out there. And I think that was a really big, big downfall. And I wish I would have put in more of an effort into that. And so instead I just relied solely on my partner. And um, I think that that didn't help our relationship. And so looking back, I really wish I would have done that. And I was talking to a friend recently who um, had moved out to Madison and I don't really know her exact situation but you know I encouraged her to um you know find some people who have similar interests and one one place that I think is a plate a good place to go and meet people is on meetup because they have so many different groups and so you can find um people with similar interests and I think that's a really good way to meet meet new people as adults as long as you're you know maybe might make you feel a little bit vulnerable to approach this new group uh, get to know people, but I think that's that's a good good way to do it, and just so important, especially when moving, is to establish your own group of friends outside of your relationship. Mm-hmm. You bring up such a good point, though, Jesse. It's like at a certain point, you know, you especially as I don't know, maybe people get more introverted as they get older, but you, you're overstimulated all day long. And then when you come back to your home, there's this other person there. So it's really easy to start to just rely on that one person. Um, And it happens probably so slowly over time that you don't even realize like, oh my gosh, I've put all my everything into this one person. And, And so to recognize, hey, make sure that you're also finding other people that can connect with different aspects of yourself that maybe this one individual who you have a lot in common with that's why you're together but doesn't have to bear bear the brunt of like every single facet of your being like for me I love having weird existential multi-dimensional theoretical conversations with people about like crazy shit and Dylan doesn't always want to go there he's like it's it's like too I'll be like going down these like crazy rabbit holes of like what if this and how about that and he'll he'll enjoy it for like a a portion of time and then he's like okay we done like <laughs> let's go breathe <laughs> in some fresh air and which is really good for me you know it like gets me back into the reality and I recognize that there are some conversations or even conversations about like cancer and death that like there are certain people that really want to dig deep into those things and there are other people that don't. And so to not expect your partner to be all of those things is, is maybe a doorway, is maybe an opening and an invitation to where you can actually start to find 
friends um, at all points in your life and at all phases in your life to 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 show up and be able to be that cohort for you. And I like what you're saying. Prior to when I met Kurt about 10 years ago, and even at the beginning of our relationship, so all of my socializing revolved around drinking in my 20s, unfortunately. And um, I don't want to say that those friendships, and I'm using quotes only because I'm still, I'm not still friends with many of these people. And so I don't know how true the friendships actually were. Um, but I had a serious like fear of missing out thing going on. So, and I didn't acknowledge the fact that I was an introvert back then. And I thought that was an undesirable personality trait. And so the only way I could get myself to be like constantly going out and constantly socializing was to drink quite a bit. And I think I've talked with all you guys about this, but like it, it was exhausting, like living that way. And so even when Kurt and I first got together, I mean, we drank pretty heavily at the beginning of our relationship and we developed a lot of friends as couples, uh, other couples that we would all like just go out together and do like Sunday fun day. So you'd start at brunch and then continue through the day. And eventually I started to want to change. Um, and I stopped drinking. I mean, almost entirely at this point, I'll have a glass of wine here or there. Um, and then, you know, as when you're coupled up with somebody, the other person kind of slows down a bit too. So Kurt's cut his drinking back quite a bit. And so, you know, those, people that we where our relationships were based around those sort of interactions where you're just always at a bar or always at a festival or, or something like that I mean we do still see those people but we're having to navigate a bit differently because we're um we've changed and I've changed the most certainly out of everybody and I do actually find it really difficult to because they still drink quite a bit and it's really hard being around people when you're not participating I don't know and I'm I'm struggling to kind of figure out how to still I don't know be around them and be okay with the choice I've made to not participate but also not feel like a total outcast um and so it's it's become a bit tricky um and I don't know if there's a perfect solution to this I think you just kind of have to go with it but I I end up uh you know, not participating quite often because I just don't have the energy to keep up with a bunch of drunk people. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know. I know. I don't feel like I have a good answer. And you and I, I kind of connected on this last time I was in Milwaukee, but I, I think a lot of cities are like this, but I do think Milwaukee especially has its own interesting like drinking culture. Um, and I always felt that way too, even living in Milwaukee and like having to go to work pretty much every Saturday and Sunday where it's like I couldn't even if I wanted to which I didn't necessarily always want to either but like even if I wanted to it's like I can't stay up until two in the morning and drink and then like go do my job and be a productive person and like live my life mm -hmm. and it does like it sort of isolates you because then you feel like you're not you're not a part of what everyone else is doing and then at the same time like I would always ground myself in saying like I, I mean I don't want to be up until two in the morning every night drinking but then it like you have that disconnect of 
friend like what you're like well that's what everyone's doing though so how do I how do I make friends and I think it's also just like finding friends that you align with too which I don't know if it's a different culture out here where I am now or just like different people that I've met but I've found it like a lot easier because yes people drink out here but like I mean or maybe Maybe it's because the town goes to bed at nine o'clock. I don't know. But <laughs> like, you know, no one's trying to stay up until two in the morning drinking here. So like we do more things where it's like we're gonna do something outside or like maybe we'll go wine tasting, I guess, during the day, like if we wanna drink. But um it's been like a lot easier for me to make friends in a new environment because it's it's not been focused, like you said, around like bars or or festivals. It's like, oh, we have to like do things that we're all interested in or like, I mean, we still go out like and drink at people's houses too, but it definitely has made it like a little bit easier, which has been interesting for me to just see the difference. Cause everything you said, Claire, I'm like, yes, I've been there. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if any Rachel or Jesse, you felt that with Milwaukee too versus other places you've lived. Yeah, I I definitely have. Yeah. Yeah. I I pretended for 12 years years about and so my life also revolved around drinking and going to the clubs and so when I decided to quit bartending finally because I was just like I cannot handle this anymore I was getting home at four in the morning after shutting down the bar and the birds are chirping and even if I didn't drink the night before while working I was just destroyed until four in the afternoon so then I'd lose my Saturday as well um, so I, I, yeah, definitely know that. And then I was like, what am I going to do now that like, I'm not bartending I don't have a desire to drink. And that's, that's really when I found fitness mm-hmm. and I actually, that's when I, when I found Spire. And so I think fitness really helped to <clears throat> establish new friendships and great friendships with people who are, you know, have healthier lifestyle uh, more common interests. So that's kind of that's kind of what I found and kind of what saved me from the whole bar scene. Yeah. yeah, I think it's become a thing where I have had to create a diff a different definition of what socializing is because everybody thinks that or I think the majority of people believe that socializing is something that happens, you know, happy hour or you know, on a Friday or Saturday night. And it always has to be like this sort of like party atmosphere where for me, I've discovered and, uh, and like I tell Kurt this, cause we're, we're quite different. He's really extroverted. Um, he does need his alone time definitely, but he is always ready at the drop of a dime to go out and like hang out and stuff like that. And sometimes he'll ask me if I want to go like meet up with so-and-so cause he's going and, I'll say, no, I've got my socializing in for the day because I've, like, let's say I've gone to, like, yoga and then had, like, a coffee with somebody after yoga or tea with somebody after yoga. And for me, that is socializing. I mean, that's that's enough. That's the type of connection I need and that I value. And so, but, and he'll look at me and he'll be like, that's not I mean, that's really not socializing, but for me, it is. I mean, everybody, you just create your own definition of what it is and what you need. And for me, that's most of the time enough. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I had that too, like working really odd hours. And for me, it was like 
same thing. It's like either it was I was going to coffee with someone at like 10 a.m. because that was the random time that I had available during the week to hang out with people. But then I even actually I had to step back and also remember like socializing was also like collaborating with people at work. It was even a lot of my socialization. Like, I mean, Rachel, like, I mean, all of you guys, essentially, because <laughs> you all worked at my, like, you know, that's fire with me. But, like, those interactions that I had with people at work or, like, Rachel and I would always be at Kickapoo, like, having meetings and we would be talking about work. But, like, you also talk about other things and you get to know each other. So, like, that also became a huge part of my social life. And I, same thing, like, I just didn't necessarily consider it socializing at first. Mm-hmm. But I think what I've also found is sometimes, like, at least I, I do this, and I don't know if it works other places, but, like, bringing up the fact that you don't necessarily want to socialize over alcohol, like, I think there are more people out there that feel that way, but they've just kind of been like, well, that's what everyone does, so I'm just going to go along with it. And, like, the second that you voice it, and people are like, oh, my gosh, I've actually always felt that way. Like, it opens this whole new door to, like, push friendship sort of in a different direction as far as like what you do because I mean it might not work for everyone but I think there are definitely other people that are out there that want that too and just have kind of thought like I don't know this is all there is so I'm just going to do it because everyone else is doing it it's it's cool too because I feel like culturally there is starting to become a lot more opportunities to do those things like people want the in real life experiences and so you know like there's a candle making workshop here that I went to a few weeks ago or like I mean there's macrame or um hiking or I don't know there's just like I'm trying to think of some of the other wild things that show up and it's just like I do think that um there are more there are becoming more opportunities to be able to say if not just a drinking date, then what could we do? Well, here's like this plethora of things now that exist. Whereas, um, and I don't know, maybe I just feel that way because I'm in like a pretty big city of Dallas, but um, I feel like there's a lot more opportunities to do things where you don't have to drink. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same? Or is that just a... Uh, Yes and no. I... I mean, I feel like personally, I've gotten better with being honest with friends, like saying, hey, like if we want to meet up for happy hour, can we go get like a juice rather than wine or something like that? And most people are fine with that. I mean, they're like, yeah, that's cool. Or they'll be honest too. And it opens up the conversation of, yeah, I'm trying to cut back as well. So then we can kind of, I'm like, oh, okay, great. So we're kind of in this together. But I think as a whole, Milwaukee definitely has a long way to go. I mean, I think the fitness community here is really strong and really good, but I think a lot of it still centers around drinking. For example, it's like yoga at a brewery or this or that, but at a brewery or running, but to a brewery or, and, and like, I get it, but, and, and you don't, you can still participate and not have to drink the beer or beers afterwards, but it's still like part of it. Yeah, I totally. feel like we can't just get away from it. Yeah. And I was like, and plus you're drinking. That's a good point. Yeah, Milwaukee for sure, of all the places I've ever lived, is the most centered around drinking as the stimulus for socialization or socializing, mm-hmm. rather. 
Yeah, even like, I mean, I would say here in Dallas, like the pool scene is always centered around drinking. But even when I go out with people, I'll notice like halfway through that people are just drinking water. <laughs> and I'm like, why are we here then? What if we did other things that, you know, didn't have to include? I don't know. It's, it's so fascinating to me um, how many people are still going through the motions of the bar scenes, but they're not mm-hmm. even drinking even. It's like very strange. Like they actually go out to the bar and, yeah. and don't drink. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, that's like a nightmare for me. <laughs> Jesse, same. I'm like shaking over here. Just <laughs> oh. And I'm like, I was that person. I did it because I didn't want to miss out. Yeah. I'd be like, a club soda with that's lime. Exactly I'd be right. like, yeah. I'm drinking, but not really. Yeah. Don't ask me if I want to drink. And then I'd be like, why the F am I here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no way. Terrible. It's so crazy. Especially because um, when you've seen everything with clear eyes, I'm like, man, this is what we do when we get drunk. Yeah. Like, ooh. Right? Yeah. But it Spend is- 50 bucks and feel like shit the next day. Yeah. Ooh. Well, and even, I mean, I find that Dylan and I, even here in Dallas, will be like, oh, well, let's just grab a six-pack. You know, like, it's just even... I don't know. It it is very ingrained from living in Milwaukee. It, it, it's it is very ingrained in us, and we have to like, not we have to, but we, we'll notice it sometimes. Of like, oh wow, not everybody does that, <laughs> and we do that a lot. <laughs> so it is kind of interesting. I yeah. find I find with friends that I don't know I, because I move around so much. I. I feel like I'm really good at just allowing relationships to evolve in the way that they maybe naturally do. But then at the same time, I feel like I maybe let relationships fade away more than I would if I was in one place for a long time. And so I've really appreciated our Ragnar team, like we have an anchor experience that allows me to keep coming back to it and keep growing deeper relationships with each of you guys. Whereas when I don't have that, I think I can tend to just have like more surface level connections with people. And not that in the moments they don't go deep, but they just don't last necessarily. Um, which Which I think is okay. But I really appreciate that with you guys. I know that each year we're going to at least come back. So, like, I think it has helped having some sort of common experience that is repeated over time that I that we can keep coming back to and building off of. Like, that's helped me a lot with all the friendships as an adult that I have been able to maintain is that there's, like, some form of consistency beyond just needing – just picking up the phone. Like, there's an actual, like, shared experience um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it totally does. Well, and I think, and it's easy to just like let friendships go. Like that's actually a lot of times the easier option. You're like, Oh, we've grown apart. And, and sometimes it needs to happen too. Like you have to figure out when it needs to happen and when it doesn't, but kind of, I think at least in my life, like I've done, I've had a lot of just like relationships where it's like, yeah, we'll show up and we'll hang up. And they are, it can be more surface, but like if anything goes wrong, like you don't necessarily work through things. Like I think the sign of like really deep relationships is when you're actually willing to work through things like you would if you were in 
a relationship with your significant other. Like I always had the struggle of just being like, oh, well, it didn't work out. We weren't meant to be friends. Move on. And then I'm like, oh, why don't I have any long lasting friendships? And it's like, because I just kind of I'm like, oh, they just stay very surface. And then something happens and you both kind of just part ways and then you're done. And again, sometimes that needs to happen. But I think it can be it can be challenging then to feel like you're always just like letting friends go and hopefully making new ones and letting friends go and like learning that balance of when you should let people go or when like you should actually be like hey I'm just walking away from this because I'm uncomfortable and like I never gave myself a chance to like process it or I it was easier for me to just be like let's not be friends rather than have a conversation (laughs) yeah it's I I swear I read a stat somewhere that was like you technically can't maintain more than like seven deep relationships or something like that. I'm probably just making that up, but I swear I feel like I heard that. No, that sounds right. I've read that too. Okay. (laughs) And so I, I often think about that again as like a more nomadic person. Um, I often think about that because I definitely feel like there are times when I have more than seven and then I'm like, I don't know. It's not not that anything's good or bad, but it is, you know, you change over time and different people fill, you know, you you align with different people at different times. So Janelle, I love your I, your thought of like, you know, sometimes it is time to let them go and to not force it to be something that it isn't because that can make it worse. Um, and sometimes it isn't time to let them go and you're just taking the easy way out. And so being self-aware enough to like recognize when you're trying to just take the easy way out or I don't even know if it's that. Just like, you know, not put in the effort um, versus, okay, this relationship has run its course and I don't need to like be holding on so so tightly to it that I can't be open to other relationships that maybe would be better aligned with me right now. And I feel like I'm in that dance constantly as I'm constantly meeting new people and not that I'm forgetting all the other people. Like I'm actually going through right now, all the people who have made such a profound impact on my life. And it's not that they stop making that profound impact. Like they still are super meaningful. It's just that right now it doesn't align to a point where we would be having as many um, day-to-day interactions or even like month-to-month interactions, Would I would say more, is what my relationships tend to look like now. Yeah, and I think that that's... I, I just think that that's how it is as an adult. Everybody's just busy. And so to to connect regularly is... I mean, really, really difficult. I mean, like truly a challenging thing. And so to just be okay with like, you know, having people in your life where you don't talk for three months, but then you pick back up and it's kind of like no time has passed. I mean, the, the those are the kind of friendships that, that I mean, that that's kind of my goal is creating those types of relationships where you you can fade in and out and it and it's okay. Yeah, I agree. I'm totally there with you. Yeah, it's my last time. So I was just in Milwaukee for the fourth, which some of you you know. Um, and I think I had like a very big aha moment with friendships, especially because you know you move away 
and you have this group of friends that you no longer live near. And when I kind of sat back and like reflected on my trip, I was like, Claire, exactly what you just said. I'm like, you know what? Actually, I think I need to get smarter about this because when I come back to town, like you only have so much time. And like, who are the like the people that I see that it's like, yeah, you just pick right back up and like it, it really works. And then there's also like another group of people that maybe like they worked really well when you were there just because you like that was my like social or maybe even I would say like the bar group. And like there are certain people from that group that are like really close friends. But then there are other people that, to be honest, like I was never that probably good of a friend to them either. We just all hung out in the same social circle. And like I've had to like let that go especially when I come to town and I'm like, why is no one like coming to see me? And I'm like, probably because we were never that close of friends to begin with, like for some people. Um, and like finding that balance too, and like remembering that that's fine. It's okay. And if we can only have so many people in our life, like that actually can have like meaningful relationships, like figure out who those people are and then actually take actions towards that. Like don't get distracted by the noise of everyone else or like, I don't know. For me, it was like not having like, oh, a million people always being like, oh, oh my God, you're home. Come hang out with me. I'm like, how, <laughs> how self-centered of me that I would expect people to do that, you know? And like also realizing that I'm like, you didn't really show up for any of those people or form that stronger friendship. So why would they show up for you now? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is like a really good kind of groundy moment and also just like get rid of the noise that doesn't actually matter. 100%. Yeah, I think for me, it's I set having seven close people or friends. That's that feels high for me. I think I can, like, I can do probably just a couple. And I think of my closest friends, and we might hang out twice a year, but we have we have a strong foundation. You know, these are twenty year friendships, but we we might not communicate. Even if we live in the same city, we might not communicate for months but I know that they're always going to be there no matter what and they're going to be okay with not communicating for six months like those are the friendships that I need Um, and because I like to spend a lot of time alone and I need that it just doesn't I feel like it doesn't allow me a lot of time to socialize or I just that's just not where my priority is in socializing so you know that once every six months is, is all I need. And I appreciate that they're okay with that as well, even though they might want more, but they know that that, that's, that's how I am. And so I, that those are the friendships that I really, really value and, and put the time in, even though it's only once every, every few months, but um, that's, that's kind of like what friendship is to me. And just, there's just, I feel like there's just not enough time to hang out with all those acquaintances and you know also I just put so much value in those handful of friendships that I have yeah you're and Jesse I can totally relate to that because it's almost like I now so I have about seven like really close people from college that I would say at various times since college we probably weren't aligned and like I was like who are these people and then as we've continued to just stick together, we have this solid foundation of having been through like a lot of weird shit together (laughs) and a lot of great shit together. And now maybe 
actually at, at like 36, I'm not so attached. Like I can allow the friendships to come and go. And I know that I have this like, my really close people are always there. And so I'm not so worried about any one person that I meet needing to like be anything other than exactly who they are. Because I know I, I always have this handful of people that would have my back at the drop of a hat. But it did, it took some time for those to become what they are now. I don't know, it's really interesting mm-hmm. to think about. I also, um, Janelle, remember when we were talking to Amy last season and mm-hmm. she was like talking about friends, making friends in a small town. And yeah. so I have often fantasized living in a small town. And so um, even thinking about that, just the idea that you, because there isn't as many people, it's less about like meeting tons and tons of people and really allowing yourself to meet the individuals that show up and getting curious about who they are and they, and seeing the similarities across all these different um, age ranges and whatever else and and how cool it's been for her in this small town to see what friendship can look like as an adult where there isn't like hordes of people and so you're really getting to know your neighbor for who they are no matter what who they are um I always thought that was really interesting and something that I would be interested in um experiencing at some point in my life like really digging into a community for what it is versus trying to just seek out what I think I want if that makes any sense so it does well and like living I mean not in a small of town as Amy does but even here like I also I get that like people ask me about living in San Luis Obispo and it's like the funny part is I'm like I've never felt more loved in the sense of like the amount of people that I have around me that like actually know me probably for that same reason because there is less noise and there's less people and so you are building better relationships so like as a whole it's like I actually have more of a solid like close group of friends in one location than I probably ever had and then but then I'm like but I I'm almost like but we're like the the acquaintance group that's always going out and doing something and like that's been hard for me to let go of that concept but then I'm like do you actually need that like no (laughs) but you almost feel like you do because you're just like used to having all these people around you like doing things and being able to just like oh people are doing things so you just kind of show up because things are happening versus being like no actually things aren't happening so either like I can make them happen or like you're really focusing on the person rather than the activity and like all the other things that are going on which has it's like I think it's a better contrast but even knowing not like it's taken me a while to get used to it. And then I think that's also something that I carried over into that Milwaukee trip too, of being like, Hey, like I would rather go for coffee with Claire than try to hang out with a bunch of people at a bar. Like I used to always do. And like, that's actually more fulfilling, but I just like think that trying to like go to a party with friends is like what I should be doing when in reality, that's like not actually what gets me what I want. So I think just like leveling expectations too and just, yeah, being like figuring out what actually matters to you versus what you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're supposed to be. That's a really fantastic point. 
And I noticed that when I stopped spending so much time on social media is when I was able to kind of let go of feeling almost inadequate that I wasn't doing like these big, like spending all this time in like a big group of acquaintances going here or there or doing this or that. I mean, I think that can be fun and it is a, is fun to do sometimes, but I think social media plays a big role in making you feel like that's the only way to truly have what's considered, I don't know, like an acceptable social life is, and and so you're looking at all these pictures of, and you're like, oh man, how come I don't have, you know, 15 people to go do, you know, whatever with, or how come I don't, don't have friends with boats that were just, you know, <laughs> like, you know, or all the, you're whatever. ready for mine. Yeah. And so once I stopped spending time on social media, I realized that those thoughts didn't even cross my mind anymore. Like I just, I, I simply don't care what other people are doing. Not in like, I definitely care about people's accomplishments and this and that, but I'd rather find out about, about it in a more organic way where we're actually sitting down and like people are telling me what, you know, what's good happened to them lately versus just seeing on social media, like all this stuff that, I, I don't know. It doesn't even seem real sometimes. It's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And I actually, that's something I did for my birthday. I actually unfollowed like a ton of people on Instagram. And I'm like, and it's not because I think they're bad people or like I wish them any ill will or anything, but it's for that exact reason. Because especially being here, I would sit and I would look at all my Milwaukee like acquaintances doing things on boats and blah, blah, blah. And, and then I would feel really sad. And I'm like, man, I'm like missing out on all this. And I was like, you know what, for like your own well-being, like I actually think I, I just need to like get rid of that because I know I can't help it. Like if I just open up Instagram, like I'm gonna see it. So I'm like, I actually think just focus on the people that are like actively in your life mm -hmm. for the most part. Like, I mean, even if it's on and off and like, just get rid of everything else because it does like it, it was making me feel bad. And like, I didn't have enough when in reality, I'm like, if I step back, like I think I, I have more than enough, but like, I'm just getting distracted by shiny objects to not like to actually not be able to see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's totally normal. And yeah, I love too though, Janelle, like at the beginning of this year, we talked, you were like, I'm going to figure this out. Like you wanted to figure out adult friendships like you. Yeah. And so I think it's really cool that halfway through this year, you, the way you're, you sound and the way you're talking about the people that you are interacting with is very different than where you were at the beginning. And I think a lot of that has to do with your intentionality of being clear about what you wanted and then creating just like you said, like I can sit here and wait around and poo poo like, man, this is crappy or I can create what I actually want. And that's what you did. Like you went out and you opened yourself up to people and not just opening up to what they want, but what you wanted. So then you created a conversation around like, Hey, let's do this together. And then that opened up them to be like, yeah, that's, a, I would actually rather do that. So, I mean, I would pat yourself on the back a bit of, for, you know, that might not have been your experience in slow this year, had you not given yourself the space to kind of figure out what you wanted and then actually do it. So yeah. 
things go. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah, well done, Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, Rachel, you have to yeah, get down to work. But anything else from, like, Claire, Jesse that you want to share? Mm. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> In regards to Ragnar or friendships or yeah, anything? Any of the above. Because <laughs> otherwise we can ask you our favorite question. Rachel, you should ask it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Um, how do you guys today, since Jesse, I know you've answered this before. So today, how do you guys live your true north? I would say for me, honesty. And just to build on that, just briefly, it's it's well, everything we've talked about today. It's a culmination of that. Just being honest with myself about what I, my likes and dislikes, what I actually need need who I am as a person and then also being honest with others um you know not trying to make myself seem like what I believe their version how how do I want to say this how other how I think other people see me or the most desirable version of myself to present to other people isn't the real version and so just being honest and then just hoping putting yourself out there and hoping people accept you for who you are and if not well then moving on so honesty i love that thank you you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) so mine is is quite similar to claire's um running is one of the most challenging things i take on um, I always wonder, I'm like, when I'm training, like, why, why do I do this? Why do I do this? And then I do the race and I'm like, this is why I do it. I love running along everyone sa- alongside each other and, and the community of it all. Um, so I'm, I'm working to try and accept myself <clears throat> in those really low moments when I'm running, like my mind tends to go to a pretty dark place sometimes when I run. And so I'm just trying to accept myself. And whether I have a great run or a terrible run, just accepting where I'm at and appreciating that I'm out there moving, that I'm able to get out there and run every day. Um, and with that, also trying to accept others and where they're at and not put any judgment on where they're at or wishing they, were, they would be somewhere else in life or behave differently. And so I think... I think my word is acceptance. Cool. I love that you, your ability to tap into your true north can come through experiences that aren't necessarily easy or comfortable for you. I think that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you so thank much for joining you. us. Thank you. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on Instagram. As always, we appreciate any positive or constructive feedback you have for us. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Otherwise, we'll see you all next time.